0: Good morning, Church on the Rock. Hey, my name is Rashad, and we do the, Tell me down just a little bit, just a little bit. My name is Rashad Cunningham. I'm one of the pastors here. We do the good morning, Church on the Rock, to make sure you're here, that you're present, that you're alive. Uh, it's not for me. It's really for you to make sure you're awake. So I'm going to do it one more time. It's Rashad, not Rasha, not Radish, not Richard. It's Rashad. So when I say good morning, Church on the Rock, you say good morning, Rashad. Good morning, Church on the Rock! Good morning, Rashad! All right. I am super excited because I got a clicker! <laughs> like, like literally, I want to cue that music. I got the power, right? Dun, 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 dun. Um, so I'm, it's going to take me, like, probably a month to get used to this. Um, But this means I'm not stuck up here, which means I'm going to bother you a lot more. But I'm I'm not comfortable yet, so I'm going to be up here for, like, a little bit. And this might mess up anybody watching Facebook Live, so hi. You know what I mean? Whatever. Um, But uh, thank you, John. John, our IT guy, helped us with this. And so now I won't be screaming at them back there. So now if you want to work in the sound and media ministry and the only reason you were worried is because of me, you don't have to worry about me. It's all my fault now, right? (laughs) All right, so... um, Let's, uh, let's get into the sermon. Um, we're in Romans uh, chapter 2, verses 17 through 29. Romans chapter 2, verses 17 through 29. And uh, normally, like, we'll read the scripture and then we'll go back through the scripture. But there was such a large section of scripture that I just kind of want to walk through it. Sermon's actually not that long um, by my standards. Some of you <laughs> might be like, yeah, it's still long. Uh, But I just want you to grasp what God has for you out of this. Remember, last week we said this is a gas station, all right? We want you to come in here. We want you to be equipped. We want you to fill up to actually do something with your life in obedience and then to also go further and help others do something with their lives into knowing Christ and bringing them to Christ. So please, use this as a gas station. Use this as some place that you're going to drop in, you're going to fill up, and you're going to get back out of the church and actually go do the work of the ministry. This is not where the work is necessarily done. This is where you're equipped to do the work. Amen? Amen. All right. So we're doing a sermon series called You, Yes, You. This is the last sermon for that series. And then we're moving on to Chapter 3. We're just moving right along. Uh, But in the context of this so that you understand how we got here, in this letter that Paul was writing to this church, He's writing and saying this is a, it's a mixed church. There's, there's Gentile believers, which are non-Jewish believers, and there's Jewish believers. And he's talking about all these things that are going to bring us to this point right before Easter Sunday or Resurrection Sunday that says everybody in this room is a sinner or was a sinner at one point in time. And so he's walking through facts about people. He starts off looking at the outside world, those who do not belong to the church, those who do not believe in Jesus Christ. And he says that they don't have an excuse because just looking at creation itself, you see that God exists. He also says that the reason they don't believe is because they have exchanged the truth of God that is found in his word, that is found in the things that have been revealed to us in creation. They've exchanged that truth for a lie, insert whatever lie they want to put in there. And so there'd be people in the church, even while we were doing that series, who were like, yeah, that's like my coworker. that's like my baby mama, that's like my, you know, like that's what people do. They, they, the church folks in here are like, yeah, yeah, I know those people who've exchanged the truth of God for a lie. Yeah, and you're, you're pointing all these fingers uh, about all those people who are not in this room right now. So Paul, being the Paul that he is, right, he's like, well, not so fast, church people you, yes, you, are sinners as well. As he starts walking through this chapter in chapter 2 where he's really like not attacking but once again revealing facts about the people who thought that they were like holier than thou per se or were religious to a point where I know I'm getting in based on my heritage or based on the fact that I'm a Jew. And so at the end of the chapter, which is where we're going to be, he's just looking at some more things that are going to question that. So. This uh, hoodie I got on, Avon Barbershop. Give it up for Avon Barbershop. <laughs> Although Dave's not that good. The barbershop is good. Dave's not, No, I'm just playing. I'm just playing. So when I wear this, when I wear this hoodie in Avon, because it's a popular barbershop. If you haven't been, you should go. When I wear this hoodie in Avon, people come up to me like when I'm at the Starbucks waiting on the meeting, and they say, hey, bro, you one of the barbers at Avon Barbershop? Because I got the hoodie on. Like, they see the hoodie, they see the title. They're like, man, surely he's a barber. And I'm like, like I, I be wearing the front. I ain't going to lie. But, I, <laughs> I really, but if I was to have clippers and touch anybody's hair, I'd probably go to jail <laughs> for murder. <laughs> like, I, I have no idea what I'm doing with this. However, for the fact that they saw the hoodie on me and know that not everybody has access to this hoodie, that they thought automatically I'm a barber because of what the outside, what I'm wearing on the outside. In the same way, in Christianity, A lot of people are wearing the spiritual hoodie, right? The hoodie that says they're a Christian on the outside. It says Christian right here and got their name on the back and Team Jesus right here. And they wear all this outside stuff, but inside ain't nothing going on, right? Like we just sang that song, hey, do something with me from the inside out, right? Because anybody can fake it on the outside, but God is more concerned with the inside. So in this section of Scripture we're in, There's the clicker. All right. (laughs) It says, um, this is the question I'm asking you to think about before we dive into this. What do you rely on for your assurance of salvation? And I want you to, like, just, like, dramatic pause, right? Like, I want you to stay there for a hot second and ask yourself this question. What do you rely on for your assurance of salvation? And I know some of you who have been doing church for a while, I know some of you know the right answer to say, but that's not what I'm asking you. I'm asking you, what do you actually rely on for your assurance that when, you, when, your, soul, when your earthly body dies, your soul will be in the presence of our Savior? And this is where we're going to like, this is all we're going to look at. This is the only thing I want you to think about while we're walking through these scriptures is when, when I'm asking you not to give me the, the Bible school answer or the answer you think I want to hear or the answer that makes you look good in front of everybody else in the room, I want you to actually just think to yourself and just be real. Just be honest with yourself. What do, why do I think I'm going to heaven? Or why don't I think I'm going to heaven? What are you relying on right now? The, the song we just sang that Ty was singing, she said, I will, I will, what does it say? Like, I will, build my life. say it, LL. will build my life upon your love. Yeah, I, I will build my life upon your love. What are you building your life upon? That's another way of asking this question. Like, yeah, I know you're just saying the words, but that doesn't mean you meant it. Maybe you're just rehearsing what was on the screen, like many of us do. So that's the question I want you to ask yourself, all right? And so Paul's about to open up this section of Scripture looking at religion first, right? So a lot of people, they base their salvation on outward religion, all right? They're like, hey, it's, it's my religion. It's the stuff that I do. Um, it's the stuff I believe in, in In the knowledge I have of it. Maybe I don't even believe it, but I know enough that I know I'm going to heaven because of what I know, They believe they're going to heaven because of their outward religion. Now, before I get started, I want to say this. Religion is not bad. We're in this society where we swing one way or the other. We can't do anything in the middle. A lot of people go, that's why I don't do church, because it ain't about religion. It's about relationship, right? And it's like, yeah, it's about relationship. But religion builds that relationship. Imagine when you get married, right? Imagine I said, Brittany, let's get married. We got married. And the moment she said, I do, I said, I do, and we're married. I'm like, I don't need to learn anything else about her. How long do you think we're going to be married? (laughs) Right? Like, like anybody married in here? I'm I'm sure some of you are. What if if after the wedding, your spouse did nothing to increase their understanding or knowledge or relationship with you? How's that going to work out? Right? So religion is not bad. We, the cultures made it bad. The, the culture says religion is going to church. That's not religion. Like, look up the definition of religion. It's, it's the set of beliefs you have, it's the doctrines. Religion's not bad until it becomes religion. That's me trying to be cute. It's not cute. It didn't really work. But until it becomes something that you're trying to rely on, until, until you're trying to rely on your religion to get into heaven, that, that's when it's bad. Because now you think you're going to heaven because of what you know, right, or because of what you claim. And so. Paul says, "But if you bear the name Jew and rely upon the law and boast in God, if you bear the name Jew and rely upon the law and boast in God, so he's he's opening up who he's talking to. He's talking to the Jewish Christians specifically in this mixed church of Jewish Christians and non-Jewish Christians. I'm talking in our context to those of you who are relying upon the fact that you call yourself a Christian. Let me explain." There are people in here right now and in churches all across America, not just Church on the Rock, that say, because I say I'm a Christian, I'm a Christian, I don't care what I post on Facebook. Right? Like, he's still working on me. Are you sure? Are you sure he's even started working on you? Not because I'm being legalistic and saying you can't post what you post on Facebook. But what I'm saying is, like, he's looking at you. Yes, you, and saying you're, you're bearing the name, but nothing on the inside has truly changed. In, in Virginia, um, two days ago, Friday, they passed a law that said transgenders can go and change their birth certificate now, okay? So now if you identify as the opposite gender, you can legally go and change your birth certificate, and regardless of your DNA, if you say you're a male, you're a male. If you say you're a female, you're a female, and it's okay by law. Okay. Okay. And Christians everywhere. Ha, ha, ha. Okay. But spiritually, you're doing the same thing. Spiritually, you are doing the same thing. We have, we had, maybe we still have them. They might be up here. They might not. Nope, they're not up here. There they are. What you doing with those? Give them here. Yeah. No, uh-huh. Thief. No. Nah. Uh, we have certificates. Come here. Come here, Andy. Give it up for Andy. This, and I, like, I'm literally just doing this on the fly. I didn't do it last service. So Andy was baptized last week. He surrendered his life to Christ, <laughs> baptized last week. Praise God. And we give out certificates so that we can take pictures. Look, look, right there. Oh, right, there. Oh, yeah, my mom. right, right, right there. <laughs> Tag me, all right? <laughs> and um, Bri's not here right now, but this one's for Bri. I'm not taking a picture with you, all right? So you, but, but stay right here. I'm gonna use you again like I did last week. Welcome to Church on the Rock. All right, so we give the certificate, right, that says Andy is baptized in all this. Now, if Andy relies on this to get into heaven, well, I know I'm going to heaven. I got the certificate, right? It's like, it's like American Idol, I got the golden <laughs> ticket. They said I could sing, I'm going. If, if he relies on this and nothing on the inside of Andy has changed, let me tell you something. He's just a wet sinner, right? Nothing's actually changed on the inside. He never truly placed his faith and reliance and dependence to get into heaven on Jesus Christ. So this certificate means nothing. But this is what people are depending upon. Thank you. Thank you. That's what people depend on. They, they, they rely on the fact that I say, um, hey, I identify as a Christian. It doesn't matter what's going on inside of me. It doesn't matter what I'm doing on the outside. As long as I say I'm a Christian, I'm a Christian. Now, you want to, you know, cut down the transgenders and cut down the homosexuals and all that, but when do you start looking at yourself? And say, well, what about me, spiritually? Spiritually, I'm claiming something on the outside that I know is not going on on the inside because every time I'm faced to make a choice between Christ and my flesh, I choose the flesh every time and just keep making up the excuse over and over, he's still working on me. Now, I'm not saying he's not, but I'm saying at what point do you ask, is he really working on me? Because I just can't help to keep doing these things and I'm showing no sign of any fruit bearing in my life. This is not works-based salvation. I'm not telling you to earn your salvation. No, no, I'm saying because you're saved, it produces something. If I give you a seed, Josh, like here's a seed, it's an apple seed, and you plant it and oranges come out, somebody's lying, right? (laughs) So if the fruit, if the seed of the Spirit is in you, the fruit of the Spirit will will be birthed out of you. But if it's the fruit of the flesh all the time that's birthed out of you, I don't care what you call yourself. And neither does Paul. You bear the name Jew. In other words, they're like, well, we're the chosen people, right? Like, you go all the way back to Genesis, he chose us. We're in no matter what. No matter what we do on the outside in obedience, no matter what we do in response, we bear the name Jew and we rely on the fact that we got the law. Like before you were talking about those who don't even know about the Bible, who don't even know about the law, but we got the law and we boast about God. We scream Team Jesus all the time. So we're going to heaven. And that is, oh, that is Christianity today, right? He says, and you know his will, and you approve the things that are essential, being instructed out of the law. He says, and are confident that you yourself are a guide to the blind, a light to those in darkness, a corrector of the foolish, a teacher of the immature, having in the law the embodiment of knowledge and of truth. So you basically are saying, well, every time somebody has something to say, I got the answer. Every time, every time somebody got a problem... I don't even worry about their pro- I'm not really listening to the problem. I got the answer before they're done. I can quote the Bible version like that. Boom. And so I know I'm going to heaven. Like if we were doing sword drills, I was number one every time. So I'm going to heaven because I have all this knowledge. Man, I'm the preacher of preachers. And, and, and just think about what Jesus said is going to happen in the day of, when he returns. Many will come and say, Lord, Lord. And he will say, I never knew you. Now check out their response. Didn't I, they're like, what do you mean you never knew me? Didn't I cast out demons in your name? Didn't I preach your word? Didn't I have all the answers on the Bible quiz on my app? Like, surely you know me. Surely you know, I taught Bible study. I preached every Sunday. I know the Greek. Surely I get in. And he's like, I never knew you. So all that knowledge all that Bible thought, You never had a relationship with him where you relied on him and not your academics. Your outward religion is not going to get you into heaven. Think, think through this. The corrector of the foolish. You always point out everybody's mistakes, but you don't have your own relationship with God. You know what people are doing wrong, but you have no idea what you're doing wrong. Because you're too busy looking at everybody else. I'm not saying accountability doesn't matter. I'm saying if you're relying on the fact that you can correct others as the reason you're going to heaven, that's not a firm foundation. And so this is how we judge people. There's people who would say, Rashad's a preacher officially today because he brought a physical Bible. (laughs) Who clapped? (laughs) Y'all lucky y'all underage. I would get you. There, there's people who get so caught up, like, man, if he can't quote scripture off the top of his head, he's not, a, he's not a true Christian. If he can't, and insert all these things that people put, if he doesn't know this and know that, there's no way he's a pastor. I would never listen to a pastor that can't quote a sermon or quote a scripture right off the top of his head. But then I was reading the Bible. I was, I was having a conversation with one of my sisters in Christ, and um, it led me to Hebrews 4. And I just noticed something that was so amazing. The author of this letter Hebrews, that's in the Bible, right? Hebrews is in the Bible. Said this. He said, "For he, being God, has said somewhere concerning the seventh day, and God rested on the seventh day from all his works." Look what the author says. That God said somewhere. He didn't say now. This this verse is Genesis two two, but the author of Hebrews is like, he said somewhere. It's somewhere in there, right? Now. Now, there's, there's Christians who would kill me for not knowing that that's Genesis 2.2, even though the author of the letter is like somewhere in the Bible it says that God rested on the seventh day from all his works, right? And then if we really get down to it, chapters and verses are man-made. I'm so, have you, has anybody ever written a letter? Anybody ever written a letter? Okay, when I was in the Navy, Brittany wrote me letters. She didn't go, verse 1, hey, honey, how you doing? <laughs> verse 2, miss you. Right? Chapter 2. <laughs> right? Like, like, That's not how you write letters. Like, we did this so that we could say, hey, turn your Bibles to what? To Matthew 25, blah, blah, so that there's an address. But that. That's not how it was written, but yet we hold each other accountable to that. If you don't know where John 3.16 is and what it says, what kind of Christian are you? Are you sure you're saved? It's like, it's, so who, who cares that I responded to John 3.16? It's because I don't know it by heart that I might not be a Christian. Outward religion. You see that? Amen. And so, amen, amen. And so he goes on, he says, you therefore, you who have this outward religion as, as why you think you're going to heaven, he says, okay, you who teach another, do you not teach yourself? You who preach that one should not steal, do you steal? And so naturally, some of the answers to these questions, they're like, yeah, I, I do what I say, and I said don't steal, and, I, you know, I don't steal. All right, so somebody will say, hey, don't rob a bank. I've taught, do not rob a bank, okay? All right, like, uh, I said, don't rob a bank, all right? Tyson, don't rob a bank. I am teaching you do not rob, but I'm borrowing somebody's password for Netflix. Uh (laughs) That's stealing. Uh Uh-oh, you who are so mmm about everybody else, do you practice what you preach? And you're laughing, but all this is doing is Paul saying, you have no excuse. You yes you are no different than them yes them, and you all need him, yes him, right? (laughs) So, so he, he says, you do not steal, do you steal? Well, well shy, I ain't got no passwords. All right. Do you, if, if, if God is the reason for any of the money you're making, if God's the reason that you woke up today, and if there's any talent you have whatsoever, any gifting you have, all of it was from God. We believe everything is from God, right? How much of that are you giving back to him? It's his. He wants a percentage of it, at least, at least. That's the baby step. But how much are you giving to him, or are you robbing him, are you stealing from him? And this isn't a, let me beat you down about tithing, but this is, do you give anything back to God if it's all his, or, or are you stealing that? What about with your time? He gave you 24 hours. How much do you give back to him? Hmm? What about your talent? You have a mind, you have artistic whatever, you got this, you got that. How much are you actually giving to God? How much do you actually give back to God? Well, you're stealing that. Your time, talent, and treasures, you're stealing that. And, and so, once again, remember, he's trying to get us to one point and one point alone. We'll get there within the next month. All have sinned. And all this is supposed to do is not just give you some convictions on things you need to grow in and trust in God in, but to stop looking at everybody else and saying you're above them or you're closer to them or whatever, and start saying, man, it's not us versus them. Let's, let's, it's, it's all of us needing him. That's a that's a completely different lifestyle. And so he goes on. He says, you who say you should not commit adultery, do you commit adultery? People are like, yeah, I always get on people for divorces. I get on people for divorce and remarrying. That's adultery. And then I get on people for cheating and all. And that's all. Yes, you should. like yeah. Those, but then you go and watch porn and say, well, this is different. <laughs> How is it different? Well, I'm not actually cheating on my wife. Go ask your wife that. Right? Right? Or maybe... Maybe it's not porn. Maybe you don't watch porn. But you're like, I teach against adultery, but then I watch TV shows where I'm cheering for the adultery. You know? Um, Back in the day, I used to watch Scandal. Shouldn't have, but I did, all right? Olivia Pope is a character who was sleeping in an adulterous affair with the President of the United States. And I was Team Olivia. (laughs) We laugh, but that's adultery. And that's me cheering on adultery when I'm up here teaching against adultery. You see how quickly that puts me right there with the person who's about to walk out of their marriage because they've been cheated on or whatever, you know? You see how quickly that that hits? And now, who am I to be pointing fingers at everybody and instead saying, look, man, I've struggled in some areas similarly and I needed Jesus and I had to put my trust and my faith in him because if I'm being honest, if he judged me based on what I was watching on TV, I'm not going to heaven. So praise God, it's not my outward religion, right? And so he goes on, he says, You boast in the law, but through your breaking of the law, do you dishonor God? For the name of God is blasphemed among the Gentiles because of you, just as it is written. It, it was written in the Old Testament that because of the Jews and the way that they disobeyed God, the Gentiles, the non-believers, were like, Why would we believe God? You don't even believe him. Like this is this is what this is the argument he's making. Like the way you live. You team Jesus, team God, and then you go do whatever you want to do, you're making God look bad. Right? So it's not your outward religion. Please do not rely on your outward religion. The things you know, the things you think you know, that's not going to get you into heaven. He goes on and looks at the outward rituals. Once again, he says, for indeed, circumcision is a value if you practice the law. But if you are a transgressor of the law, your circumcision has become uncircumcision. So circumcision in the Old Testament um, was the way of separating God's people from everybody else. It was an outward ritual that separated them. It was like a sign in a sense, right? And he, he says, right here, he says, so if the uncircumcised man keeps the requirements of the law, will not his uncircumcision be regarded as circumcision? In the same way, rituals today, people think they're saved by them. And he just got baptized. That baptism was a ritual, right? Technically, it's a ritual. That did not save him. Maybe you take the Lord's Supper. That, that taking of the Lord's Supper is not what's going to get you in heaven, Uh, If you come to a membership class and you sign a piece of paper and now you're a member of Church of the Rock, guess what? Take that membership paper up to heaven, you ain't getting in on that membership paper. I think we're a pretty neat, awesome church, but it ain't getting you into heaven. (laughs) Those are rituals, but that's what people do. Oh, Rashad, until you preach out of a physical Bible, you're not a preacher. I've heard this. I've actually heard this. Like, you're laughing. Hey, if, if you're not using hymns, then you're not you're not actually singing stuff that belongs in the church. Why not? Because of our traditions, and our, you see what I'm saying. So your outward rituals will not save you either. And that, and that and and when you get past that, you really find that there's a lot more churches that you would feel comfortable in once you let the rituals go, right? And and that goes that goes for like. Old-time believers, because we always use these scriptures to knock the old-time believers, like the ones who are traditionalists, but that goes for the, the new believers, too. Like, you got your own rituals that you won't let go of. But you're like, they, they just need to accept me as I am. Well, when do you compromise? You know what I mean? That's why we try to do all the diversity here. We're like, hey, we want to sing some hymns, because mama want hymns. Mama's the only one who want hymns. No, I'm just playing. <laughs> and we try to sing some Christian contemporary. We try to do some hip-hop every now and then. I need to do that. We ain't done that in a while. And and, because we're trying to show everybody that we have no tradition that we're going to hold on to so much that we're not willing to seek after you. You So your outward rituals will not save you either. He goes, better not be dead. Okay. So here's the last one. Your outward respect. Your outward respect. So you got religion that will not save you. Rituals will not save you, but neither will the outward respect save you. He says, for he is not a Jew who is one outwardly, nor is circumcision that which is outward in the flesh. He says, but he is a Jew who is one inwardly, and circumcision is that which is of the heart, by the spirit, not by the letter. And his praise is not from man, but from God. You see that? His praise, the ones who belong to God, is not from man, it's from God. Some of us Christians are out here living to be praised by man. Um, I had a Facebook post about God, and I got 400 likes and loves with 300 comments on it. I know I'm going to heaven. <laughs> what? And, and 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 when people tell you how good of a Christian you are, and you let that be the reason that you actually believe you're going to heaven, who cares what's going on on the inside? Everybody in here said Rashad's a man of God. He preaches the word. He's faithful to the scriptures. He's a good teacher, and the church is growing. I know he's going to heaven. Why? Why? Because you get people. Say that again. Because you get people. I believe. I love that, Mama. I love. And please, y'all can talk to me all day. I love that. <laughs> it, but but even there, even there, with, with Mama Cookie? Check this out. People say that too. Like. Because he gets people in here, the spirit's moving through him and all that good stuff. But remember, many will say, Lord, Lord. What? Don't be surprised if there's preachers you love and admire that ain't that ain't gonna be in the kingdom. Amen. You keep talking. You come up here with me. I'm serious. But this this is this is real. This is real. I need I like. I know this is this, see. I'm almost done. I know this is a shorter sermon. It's not a whole bunch, of, but there's not much. I don't want to. I don't want to give you a whole bunch of nothing. I want you to focus on one thing. What do you place your assurance on? Like you're hearing this: outward religion, outward rituals, outward respect. None of that gets you into heaven. And some of you in here right now, if you're being honest, you're depending on that as your 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 assurance of salvation. Right every day. Yeah, yeah. Okay, mama, let me finish real quick, all right? <laughs> let me finish. <laughs> me on. Hold on now, hold on. I'll take it back. Can't talk anymore. Everybody be quiet. No. So, so no, so look, so look, I want, you, I want you to think about this. Some of us have our I'm here for it hoodies on, right? We bought the hoodie. And just stand up, John, I'm make fun of you. Get up. <laughs> just, beca- just because you're wearing the hoodie doesn't mean you actually are here for it. Some people say, well, Rashad, I bought the hoodie. I spent $40 on that thing. You know what I mean? Hoodies ain't worth $40 these days. I did that because I'm actually here for it. But then you're not serving. You're not giving. You're not ever actually here. You just wear the hoodie around town and say, well, you know, that's my church. That's not real. That's not real. Thank you, John. That's not real that you bought the hoodie. And some of you are trying to do the same thing with, with your salvation. You think you've bought your salvation because you tithe. You think, you think you've read your salvation because you memorized the Bible. You think, you think you've done these things on the outward that's going to get you into heaven. Now, let me remind you, those things are not bad, okay? And keeping God's command is not wrong. It's the thing to do when it comes from a place that is because you're saved, not for salvation. Can you see the difference? I'm not coming to church so that I can come enough weeks that I get into heaven if I die. I come to church because I've been saved. A man like me with a horrible past, God loved so much that he let his son die for me. And when I responded to that and found a community of people who would love me in spite of my porn addiction, in spite of my alcohol addiction, in spite of the ways I've treated my wife and my daughter and all the things about my testimony that many of you know, these people still wanted to gather with me because they identified with some of the same things that's being said and he died for us too and we get together to encourage each other, to equip each other and find out ways that we can go out there and find more people who need to hear this good news. That's why I go to church. If you think I come here because I think this is going to get me to heaven, You've missed you've missed it. you've missed what's here waiting on you. And if you're here because you think this, this, your attendance, is going to be what gets you in heaven, you get to heaven, and God says, "Well, let's see out of. In 2020, you went 51 out of 52 times you're in. <laughs> That's not how it works. And so, are you seeking Him or seeking the hype? Are you looking for people to pat you on the back? Galatians 1.10 says this, for, I am not, for am I now seeking the favor of man or God? Or am I striving to please man? If I were striving or still trying to please man, I would not be a bondservant or a slave of Christ. And some of us, that's the only reason we're here. It looks good to other people. It looks good on a resume. I've literally met people who've come to church because the girl they're trying to get with goes to the church. And so if I go to church, maybe it'll look good for her, and so I'll raise my hand, I'll come down, and I'll be baptized even, all for the girl I'm trying to get with. That was one of my five baptisms before it was the real thing. Laugh, but it's real. Like, like seriously, baptized five times. One time, why? Because my mama said that when, we, when people get baptized, we go to Ponderosa. So... <laughs> So there was 12 to 15 of us, and we was like, you want to go, me and you? I'll go. All right, coming on down. Here I come. (laughs) Right? And the pastor, he did everything he could. Do you believe this? Yeah. You believe in Jesus Christ? Yeah. Yeah. And this is because you have a relationship? Yeah. Surrender? Whatever, man. I just want some wings. (laughs) But, and what happened? So it wasn't the pastor's fault. I regurgitated everything I needed to regurgitate for him to say on the outside, He said everything he needed to say. I knew what to say. I've been listening to it every day. I didn't believe any of it. You think I was saved? No. Then there was three other times where there was literally just a girl that I was chasing. And I'm like, man, if I get saved, maybe she'll give me her number. Man, if I get saved, maybe she'll loosen up. Man, if I get, that's the only reason I was getting baptized. Five times I was baptized before it was a real thing. You think baptism saves you? You think saying a prayer that you don't really mean saves you? None of that stuff saves you. So he says, he says it's your inward response. It's what's really going on on the inside. And this is, this is where we're going to stop, ask the worship team to come on up. It's your inward response. Because the inward response is what's going to produce the outward results, the real outward results, where you're not actually trying to fake it till you make it. You cannot fake it till you make it, all right? If it's not a work going on on the inside, no matter how much you try on the outside, you're not the real deal. What Paul's trying to say is that some of us in the church are looking at those who don't have access to the Bible the way we do, who don't feel comfortable being here learning what we learn, and so we, we condemn and we critique them, and we, and, we, and we we like, oh, I know I'm a Christian because I got three Bibles, and I know this, and I go to church and all that, but you know what? Do you have an actual relationship where you are relying on Jesus Christ and Christ alone? This is what we press in right here, okay? If you take anything from this sermon... This is where we press in right here. There are people who claim Christianity who are on their way to hell. And most of the reasons that they are is because there's not a pastor or a church family member or another Christian to say that's not the real thing. In this politically correct society that we live in where I can't offend you, When I'm actually just trying to save you. We can't say what the Bible says. All Paul is doing is looking at everybody in this room who identifies as a believer and asking you to ask yourself, what makes you say that with confidence? If it's anything on the outside, it's not real. It must be everything on the inside. That you really have surrendered on the inside to Jesus Christ and Christ alone as your Lord and Savior. Lord meaning obedience, Savior meaning it's the only way you get to heaven, okay? So this is what I want you to just think about as we get ready to sing this song. The, the words say mercy is falling, okay? Mercy, you're not getting what you deserve. You deserve hell, but you're not going to get that, and, and that mercy is falling. And, it, and the words tell you to lift up your hands, and receive it now this this is the power of the gospel I don't have to memorize a whole bunch of Bible verses to receive it I don't have to have perfect attendance in church to receive it it's falling all I have to do is lift up my hands and receive it all I have to do is look at Jesus Christ and the work he's done on the cross and just receive the free gift of salvation And as a result, he works in me to keep his commands. Work out your salvation with fear and trembling, for it is him who is at work in you to do the things that he wants you to do. Can you imagine that? How I felt when I was like, all the time I kept saying, I don't want to go to church because I can't get myself right. I can't get myself right. I can't change this. I can't change this. And the moment I learned, you don't have to change. He's going to change you. That changed everything for me. I was like, well, well, what do you mean? Yeah, those desires that you have, shot for porn, it'll go away. That wanting to cheat on your wife, it'll go away. Trust me, when you taste the goodness of Jesus, all those other things will not taste, they won't taste the same. I, I drink black coffee now, right? Right? And I used to drink black coffee with all this creamer. And I was like, man, I just can't get rid of it. I can't get rid of it. And then I taste, I I drank the black coffee by itself. And after I drank it for a while and got over the bitterness, everything I tasted after that tasted different. Black coffee, if you're not a black coffee drinker, my fault. This ain't going to work for you. But after tasting Jesus, everything else afterwards tastes different. Sin tastes different. Porn tastes different. Alcohol tastes different. Gluttony tastes different. All all those things taste different because you've tasted Jesus. And it doesn't mean you're perfect, but it means he actually begins to work in you. And those things that he tells you not to do, you don't want to do them anyway. And you fight and you fight and you fight, but you don't want to lay down in that. That's what we're calling you to here at Church on the Rock. We know you won't be here every Sunday. We're going to keep asking you to be here every Sunday because we want you to grow and we want you to go but we're not going to beat you down when you can't do it because we've tasted Jesus in our fallenness and we've seen what that process looks like. So we want you to join us. We want you to stand up and sing this song, but listen to the words as you're singing them. Lay down the burdens of all the stuff that society says is required for you to be a Christian and just receive him where you are. The whole come as you are has nothing to do with your clothes. It has everything to do with your life. Are you cheating right now? Come as you are. Are you addicted to something right now? Come as you are. Are you broken and depressed right now? Come as you are. We want you right there to receive the mercy so that you can experience what we experience. Amen? All right, let's get up and sing together. Come on.
1: Taking the time to join us on this podcast from Church on the Rock here in Brownsburg, Indiana. If you would like any more information about our church family, our pastor, or where we meet, please visit our website, www.churchontherockbb.com.